episode 790. In the upcoming NFL draft, there's four inside linebackers that stand out above the rest. Might the Green Bay Packers consider selecting one? We'll ask Joe Marino of FanRag Sports. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're talking about the NFL Draft. To do that, we're joined by a guest today. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by Joe Marino, NFL Draft Analyst for FanRag Sports and Assistant Director of Scouting for NDT Scouting. Mr. Marino, how are you today? Hey, Brian, I'm doing well. Thanks for reaching out and having me on. Looking forward to getting into some of these NFL Draft topics with you. Yes, uh, I'm excited as well, so let's get right to it. Uh, Joe, we kind of have a theme today of inside linebackers or off-the-ball linebackers, and I want to talk about the guys who are maybe considered to be first-round prospects. And uh, let's start with Reuben Foster. After the incident that happened at the NFL Combine, what are the odds that Alabama's Foster tumbles down to number 29 where the Packers pick? Well, it's interesting I think I don't think a team that was targeting Reuben Foster early in the draft is going to be shied away based on what happened uh, with the altercation with the medical worker at the combine. It's unfortunate. Obviously, you want your to be on your best behavior, especially at the NFL scouting combine. Um, but it's not a huge red flag for me. I don't think it changes who he is as a football player. Uh, you know, when you look at what Reuben Foster, he's got some of the best film of any player at any position in this entire class. He gives you everything you want in a linebacker from a physicality standpoint, from an athletic ability standpoint. He's the kind of player that you plug in and, and think he can be the future face of your defense. And uh, so for him to plummet to 29, I think would be a massive, massive uh, disappointment. Uh, I, I just don't see that happening. If he, if he falls, maybe it's out of the top 10 where we perceived him to go for so long. But, uh, you know, we start talking about getting into the almost the end of the first round there. I'm not sure that what he did in uh, in Indianapolis is going to you know push him to the end of the first round. Yeah, it, the odds would seem to be low if that happens, although maybe not out of the question, but certainly low. Uh, another guy that doesn't seem likely, but again, maybe not out of the realm of possibility, Hassan Reddick. He he seems to be rising up projections every time I see one in a mock draft. It's higher every time. What are the odds he lasts as far as number 29? Yeah, uh, so Hassan Reddick, he's certainly done more for himself than probably any other prospect after the season with what he was able to do at Mobile at the Senior Bowl where he just wowed everybody there. I was there in attendance, and, uh, you know, he was the guy. He was the one everyone was buzzing about. And then he turned that into a, a fantastic performance at the Scouting Combine where he validated all of the physical tools and athletic ability you thought he had. And now all of a sudden he's, uh, you know, last week NFL.com had him in the, in the top five of the NFL draft to the Titans. So this is a, I mean, unbelievable ascension. Good football player. I, I like him a ton. I think he's a starting uh, inside linebacker in, in a 4-3. Um, maybe even some 3-4 looks as well. 
But uh, again, when we talk about 29, you know, that seems, especially right now at the peak of his, of his stock, uh, it seems like a stretch for him to fall that far. Uh, I know for a fact there are teams in the early 20s that are picking him that I don't think would get past him. Uh, so uh, the question with, with Reddick is more how high as opposed to <laughs> how far. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, if if the Packers would uh, happen to have him on the board, they might run up to the podium. But um, anyway, uh, unlike the previous two linebackers we just discussed, Zach Cunningham of Vanderbilt seems to be uh, more likely to be available late in the first round. Uh, so, Joe, do you think he'd be worth taking at that point? I sure do. I, I like Zach Cunningham a ton. Uh, I liked him going into the season, and I thought he had a fabulous season. Uh, he's long, athletic. He can get to places on the football field that other linebackers just can't with his range and his ability to close down. He can cover. He can blitz. He can defend the run inside the tackles and in the boundary. So he does everything. He's big and athletic. So, I mean, literally checks every box. The big knock on Cunningham and the reason why, you know, he's a possibility for the end of the first round is that he's, he's missed a lot of tackles. There's, there's no way to get around it. Uh, he arrives to the contact point a little bit out of control, and, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it results in him sliding off. And now that's not something we want to talk about with linebackers, but uh, it's something that, um, at least, you know, he's getting there. I think it's teachable, and, uh, you know, it's, it's part of the aggressive nature that he plays with, and, and that's something that's pushed him down, perceived in the media realms at least. And uh, I think that if, if Green Bay wanted to go with a linebacker at the end of the first round, you know, that's a that's a guy that I'd be very comfortable taking. He certainly seems like the real deal. Uh, coincidentally, uh, Joe, I saw you have Florida's Gerard Davis on, on your show on Monday. Can, can you tell us about that interview? And, and can you also kind of compare him to Cunningham and which of the players you like better? Yeah, Jared Davis, uh, you know, I'm sure you do a lot of interviews. I do a lot of interviews. I think he was maybe my favorite one ever. And I, I mean, I'm not trying to go with the recency bias, but uh, you, I just came away from that 15-minute conversation with him swooning. I mean, this guy, you could tell that he's a, a fiery, passionate person, lives, eat, breathes, all the stuff, football, all the time, a worker, uh, leader, just, just those in a 15-minute conversation, he's just blown away with that type of stuff. Uh, and then, you, you know, you go to his, his field, it, what he does on the field, and, you know, you've got a first-round worthy player with his range. He's an enforcer-type guy, just attacks aggressively um, downhill. But, you know, don't beg him, peg him as a plug-type uh, plug player. You know, he can get outside of tackles. He can cover. Uh, people ask me all the time about Jared Davis's coverage ability. And go back to the Vanderbilt game. He, he was able to, uh, to basically win the game with the, with the footballs he was able to get his hands on for uh, Florida against Vanderbilt this past season. So you want a true enforcer and, and a fiery guy? I mean, I, I like Jared Davis a lot. Very comparable in terms of where I would value Davis and Cunningham. Uh, and I think they both project as either a, a Mike linebacker or they can probably play – uh, they could probably play all three positions, but I like them both at Will or Mike. And um, uh, I think I think you'd really – I mean, I'd almost have to just flip a coin because those are both players that I like a ton. But, um, uh, you know, those 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 are the guys that if Green Bay wanted to go with linebacker, that they, they cross their fingers and hope fall to them at, at 29. So how would our fans, list, our listeners, listen to your podcast? Because it's right. coming up, right? 
Yeah, it's it's available right now. Uh, I okay. co-host the Draft Dudes podcast along with uh, with Kyle Krabs, uh, so you can find that on Audio Boom or iTunes. And uh, it's it's one of those can't miss interviews. I mean, it was it was just a real treat to have him on. Cool. Um, we're talking to Joe Marino of FanRag Sports and NDT Scouting here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning. Uh, Joe, uh, getting away from the inside linebackers a little bit, but some other draft topics here. This this player might not exactly be a highly touted prospect, but it's been reported that the Packers are bringing in Virginia running back Taquan Mizell on Monday for an official visit. Uh, can you tell us what you know about him? Yeah, so Taquan Mizell is an interesting player. He is uh, a five-star recruit, a guy that every college in America wanted, and he chose Virginia because he wanted to stay home. Uh, he's a little small, uh, under 5'10", a few ticks under 5'10", 197 pounds. So he's not a big, you know, big bruising running back. Um, balanced player, the kind of guy that can catch a football in uh, and help you in space as a runner. You know, he's the only player in the history of the ACC. This blew my mind. The only player in the history of the ACC with over 1,500 career rushing yards and 1,500 career receiving yards. So hmm. you get that balanced skill set from him. Uh, laterally quick guy. He's, a, you know, one of those jitterbug type guys that uh, can make tight cuts and tight quarters. His nickname is Smoke, right? So that's for a reason. He's the guy that can... <laughs> that can get, get the wheels turning. Um, some, some concerns though, he's got 10 career fumbles, right? So you like guys that'll, that'll, that'll be, uh, won't be loose with the football. He does have a, a propensity to cut, uh, to cough it up. And, you know, he doesn't really give you a whole lot of those power elements in terms of breaking tackles or being a really a physical guy in, in inside. So uh, if you're looking for a scat back, a guy that can receive the football for you, a guy that can work, you know, press the boundary um, draws type of stuff, kind of that third down specialist, Maybe not much of a blocker, but uh, in kind of a niche guy. Uh, there's value uh, in a deep running back class, though. You know, he's he's got a lot of competition for that type of role. And, and I think those ten fumbles is something that is going to be a, a, a an alarming thing for him. Okay, we're keeping track on him, seeing as the Packers are bringing him in for a visit. And and Joe, I, I'm going to really test your knowledge here, but the Packers just made a transaction this past week at the long snapper position and, and might be moving on from the player who's held the position for the last nine seasons. Do you know who's considered potentially the number one long snapper among the incoming rookie class? Well, there's two consensus things in, in this draft, right? Miles Garrett's the best pass rusher and the number one prospect. And Cole Mazza out of Alabama is the number one long okay. snapper. <laughs> so so Cole Mazza, he's from Alabama. He was a five-star recruit as a long snapper. So that should give you some type of a, an idea of what he's capable of. Uh, for his career, uh, every game over the last four seasons for Alabama, Alabama graded him as a as a clean snap every single time, almost 600 snaps punting field goals, extra points. Um, and, you know, he's, he's got the size, you know, you know, he's not like a little guy or anything. He's, he's got that linebacker type build, which you kind of like in a long snapper. I guess the thing with long snappers, like, I don't know a whole lot about technique. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, you know, he's got this amazing <laughs> spin of the ball or anything like that. I can tell you that he's got great statistics in terms of checking all those boxes. Five-star guy. He went to the senior bowl. I was there. He looked like a good snapper to me. Uh, I, I, the, the only thing with long snappers is, you know, wh when do you really take them? Right. So uh, it's, it's one of those things you see long snappers get drafted, but at the point where you need to turn in the card and really invest, you know, your draft capital in a snapper, you know, when's the time to do it? This is obviously a good one. 
does every, you know, very productive in terms of what you look for in a long snapper. Um, but, uh, you know, when, when do you invest? I, I'm not sure, but this is the one that, you know, you think can, can be the guy and have a long 15 year career snapping footballs in the NFL. Yeah. There's only so many teams that need one and the Packers may might need one. So, uh, a name to keep an eye on uh, at the least, uh, I guess. Joe, before we let you go, can you tell our listeners about your draft guide? You already told us about your podcast, so can you tell us about the draft guide and what you do at NDT Scouting? Yeah, so uh, NDT Scouting, we have partnered with FanRag Sports to provide uh, NFL draft content. Um, we actually just launched a brand new website. It's uh, it, it launches today. It's it's There's still some <laughs> okay. parts of it that are being unlocked, so there's stuff coming. Uh, but uh, ndtscouting.com is going to be what we hope is a go-to NFL draft resource. Uh, like you mentioned, my draft guide, uh, also Kyle Krabs, his draft guide is going to be on there. And, and what we are offering people is a is a 12-month premium subscription where you get Kyle's draft guide, you get my draft guide, and you get 12 months worth of premium NFL draft scouting content, and it's 20 bucks. So uh, we're really excited about what's rolling out for everyone. We've got 600 in-depth scouting reports combined from Kyle and I, and uh, you know you can you can as just as soon as everything gets done unlocking this morning, uh, that will be rocking and rolling, and we certainly appreciate anyone's consideration for stopping by. Very cool. We'll send our listeners there to check out the website. Uh, Joe, thanks so much for your time. Uh, keep up the good work and uh, uh, enjoy the upcoming NFL draft. All right. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Brian. All right, take care. Joe Marino of FanRag Sports and NDT Scouting joining us here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. What the hell's going on out here? I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment. As I alluded to in our interview this past Friday, the Packers added the newest player to their roster, Long snapper Derek Hart, a rookie out of James Madison. He's actually entering his second year out of college, but this is the first NFL contract he signed, to my knowledge. This is also the second long snapper the Packers have signed this offseason, the other being Tabor Pepper, right after the season ended. I think what people are wondering is if the Packers are moving on from the team's long snapper of the past nine years, Brett Good, and it would certainly appear that way. For the time being, the Packers seem to be creating a long snapping competition, and seeing as these long snappers are very likely to have little guaranteed money in their contracts, This doesn't necessarily preclude the Packers from bringing in yet another rookie. If they do, they could always cut one of these long snappers they've recently signed. Uh, And they'll probably, you know, get a chance to see these guys uh, when the offseason workout program begins for a few weeks before the NFL draft takes place to kind of decide, you know, they could be like, well, these two guys are really good. We're not going to draft one or sign one. Or if these two guys aren't really that good, they could be like, oh, yeah, we should still bring in another guy to compete for this job. So all this being said, the Packers haven't officially closed the door on Brett Good either, and he hasn't come out and said he's retired or anything like that. So maybe if none of these guys are up to snuff, the Packers could pretty much re-sign Good at any time before the season starts because you'll remember last season, 
They signed Goode a week before the season started, missing all of training camp, and it didn't really affect his performance. Like I said, this is a nine-year veteran. He, do, he doesn't really need training camp at the long snapper position to get ready for the year. He could pretty much snap, step in, and just as long as he's like keeping in shape on his own, that's pretty much all he needs to do. Um, but as I like to do, I did some research on the new player the Packers signed, Derek Hart, and, and try to give you something you won't find anywhere else. And it does appear as if the Packers are trying to get more athletic at the position, the long snapper position, because, you know, NFL rules now pretty much prevent any defender from rushing over the long snapper, or as we saw just in the past week's NFL owners meeting, they can't jump over the long snapper. And they don't... So. Long snappers don't have to be much of a blocker anymore. A lot of times, that's that was one of the big primary duties of a long snapper. Besides just snapping the football, you had to block as well. Uh, not so much anymore. They don't. Uh, they, they have to block a little bit, but not like <laughs> anything significant. So, so who is Derek Hart? He's a converted wide receiver, actually. Now certainly he's transformed his body since that time. He's now six foot four and two hundred and forty-five pounds. But his freshman season at James Madison, he was actually used as a receiver. He's got several receptions to uh, to his uh, uh, his credit. Uh, and to prove how athletic he is, he was a six foot eight high jumper in high school. Which, if you know anything about track and field, you'll know that's really, really good, Six foot eight. So it's good to see the Packers getting more athletic at the position. So that there, there's the piece that I hope you won't hear anywhere, or I don't think you, you'd hear anywhere else on Derek Hart. Now, the Packers also made another signing last week that we didn't get to on Railbird Central, but we'll get to it right now. This past Thursday, the Packers signed offensive lineman Justin McCray. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because the Packers previously signed his twin brother, Jordan McRae, who they signed coming out of college in 2014 and was with them through training camp and spent some time on the practice squad, although he never appeared in a regular season game. It's pretty much the same story for Justin McRae, who was signed by the Tennessee Titans and spent a year on their practice squad, although he too has never played in a regular season NFL game. Each of the McRae brothers played in the Arena League last year. So McRae comes to the Packers as a street-free agent and would appear to be a long shot to make the team. But with off-season rosters at 90 players, there was little hurt in bringing him in. It's well documented by now. The Packers need some help on the interior of the offensive line after losing both TJ Lang and JC Treader in free agency. So at the very least, McCray provides some depth. He's a true guard, and that's something the Packers don't have many of. The only other true guard fighting for that vacant spot at right guard is Lucas Patrick. Of course, Lane Taylor's a true guard, but he's... He's entrenched in the position on the left side. 
All the other guys the Packers might even remotely consider to start on the right side play other positions like Kyle Murphy, Jason Spriggs, Brian Balaga, Don Barclay. So Justin McRae's biggest selling point right now is that he's a true guard. One thing I like about him is that he was part of that team at Central Florida that was probably the best in school history. You might remember they won the Fiesta Bowl when he was a senior in 2013. Blake Bortles was the quarterback on that team. But the McRae brothers were blocking up front. So there you go. There's there's the skinny on Derek Hart and Justin McRae, the newest members of the Green Bay Packers, signed this past week. Um, both might be long shots to make the team. But, well, the long snapper, maybe not. He's, he's only in a competition of two. But... McRae's got a longer shot yet, uh, a little more competition along the offensive line. Um, I just did want to make brief comment here about uh, the interview we had with Joe Marino, and we kind of went with the theme, but at least you know the beginning of the interview with with the inside linebackers, and I don't think that's maybe you know at the top of the list for most people. If people are kind of looking at the Packers roster and everybody knows they need help on defense. And I think most people would point to the fact that the Packers could use an, uh, a cornerback or an outside linebacker, a pass rusher. And I would really agree. Those are probably, if I was, you know, if I had to rank the needs of the Packers, I would put those above inside linebacker. That being said, I do think the Packers could stand to improve at the inside linebacker position, and I certainly wouldn't rule out these guys as being potential first-round draft picks by Green Bay. Certainly, the, the there's basically, uh, I'll go, I'll say it like this: there are those four guys we talked about are probably guys who are considered to be potential first-round draft picks. And just to quickly recap them, that's Reuben Foster, Hassan Reddick, um, uh, uh, Zach Cunningham, and Gerard Davis. Those four guys, after that, I think there's a drop-off at the inside linebacker position that's actually pretty steep, I think. Those those four guys, they might not all go in the first round. I, I would say it's very likely the first two guys do. The other two are, you know, potential late first-round draft picks. And if they don't get drafted in the first round, there's probably almost no chance they escape round two, I would say. Um, so, but those four, after those four, you know, I think there's a steep drop-off. So if you want an inside linebacker, not to say you can't get one, but there's a lot of question marks about the other guys in this this draft class that that there's just something about them that you have to be hesitant about or they're not quite the same level of athlete or they can only kind of you know play in one phase of the game like they're either a real good two down thumping kind of linebacker but don't have the great athleticism or they're like a really good speedy coverage linebacker that you don't trust on the first two downs that something like that with all the rest of these guys or you know maybe it's an injury history or or something something about them so i think that you, you can't really you know rule these guys out for the green bay packers in fact you know 
uh, with with the first two guys, Ruben Foster and Hassan Reddick, if either one of them were to drop to 29 where the Packers pick, and I realize that's that's probably a long shot, but every year there's always some somebody, some player that drops, you know, further than usual. Um, and, and, you know, it, there's going to be a guy that does that. Is it going to be Hassan Reddick or Ruben Foster? I don't know. Uh, I, I would say, you know, with, with the incident that happened at the Combine, it's possible it's Reuben Foster. It's possible. Maybe not likely, but it's possible. Um, so if he's on the board when the Packers are picking, they're going to have to strongly consider that. Uh, I, I I think, you know, at least you don't like the incident that happened at the Combine, but, you know, at least it's not... He didn't get arrested, and maybe it's a temporary lapse of, of judgment, and, and maybe from all the negative attention that he received, maybe he's learned a lesson from that. Th- that's what you hope, at least. Uh, I'm sure the Packers are doing their due diligence, and, and cons- I'm sure at some point they've interviewed him, whether you know at the Combine whether they might consider bringing him for a visit. Usually they don't bring first-round prospects in for visits um, or, you know, some point during the college season. You know, Ted Thompson and these guys take visits to campuses. I'm sure they've maybe sat down. Somebody has. I don't know about Thompson, but maybe Elliot Wolf or any other scouts uh, have have spoken to him at length. So they've they've done the due diligence here or, you know, continue to do so in the lead up to the NFL draft. And and even, you know, if those two guys are likely off the board, the Packers really also have to consider Zach Cunningham and Gerard Davis, because by the time they get on the board in the second round, those guys probably gone by then. Um, And then they might not get another shot. So, and it's good that also, you know, like the Packers, of course, need a cornerback. Everybody knows if you follow the NFL draft, it's a really good year to get a cornerback. You don't necessarily have to invest a first-round draft choice into one of these guys. You could get a pretty good one in the second round. So that's good. I mean, the Packers could conceivably take a take a you know a, a linebacker in the first round, get that cornerback in the second round, and still be pretty good off. So don't disconsider these guys or. Uh, Disconsider a word, I don't know. But uh, I did want to mention that before we we move on with the show. Just here, while, while we're still technically on the Packers news segment, one more piece of news that doesn't have much to do with football, but it has to do with one of the Packers' new players. I just thought this was interesting. Tight end Martellus Bennett released an EP last week. It's titled, I'm not a rapper, but some of my friends are which, true to its name, features several acquaintances in the music business recording along with them. I'm not sure where Martellus Bennett finds his time to do this kind of stuff and be, and, and the other adventures he's up to. Uh, I, I know just following him on social media, he also has like a clothing line. Perhaps, perhaps that's something you can just hire someone to handle. But during the offseason, before workouts even begin... He has plenty of free time. So there you go. Check out Martellus Bennett's EP available on SoundCloud, just like his username on Twitter. It's Marty Soros Rex, if you want to look it up. So kind of cool. Uh, but continuing on.
the day ahead. All right, as alluded to during our interview earlier on the show, the Packers are reportedly bringing in Virginia running back Taquan Mazel for an official visit on Monday. That's according to 24-7 Sports. The Packers can bring up to 30 prospects into Green Bay on official visits prior to the NFL draft. We've already heard a few others we've mentioned previously here on the show. And it's good to keep track of these guys because if history is any indication, several of them are sure to be signed as undrafted free agents. They always have been under the Ted Thompson regime. So that's why we kind of go into this and ask Joe Marino about them and and try to find out a little little bit more about these guys. The only other thing I've seen going on on Monday is one pro day workout. The pro day circuit is starting to slow down and come to a close. In fact, there's only one university hosting such an event on Monday, to my knowledge at least, and that's the Mississippi Rebels. Uh, there's, there's a few more later this week that Packers scouts are sure to, you know, attend at least a few. Uh, but this week just about wraps up the pro day workouts and unless there's a, you know, some few guys who had injuries that trying to put these things off as long as possible once in a while, they'll hold an extra pro day or things like that. But things starting to come to a close here on Tuesday, however, the Packers' annual tailgate tour begins. It's a five-day goodwill tour across the region and will include both current and former players led by Packers president Mark Murphy. So those players going on the tour this year, starting tomorrow, they include linebacker Jake Ryan, fullback Aaron Ripkowski, and quarterback Brett Hundley. Those are the current ones. The alumni include running back Amon Green, kicker Ryan Longwell, and wide receiver Robert Ferguson. Uh, The first stop on Tuesday is in Medford, Wisconsin, and we'll actually talk about it on Wednesday's episode of Railbird Central with Brandon Kennard of WAOW in Wausau, where he's the sports director and host of the Pack, Pack Attack 9. He'll be at the tailgate tour stop, so we're going to talk about that with them. We'll talk about the players who are on the tour, and it continues on throughout the throughout the week. Five stops total across uh, Upper Wisconsin and the Upper Peninsula of Michigan concludes on Saturday, uh, all before the Packers' off-season workout program begins. They get that out of the way, and. Um, yeah, so really cool. Uh, I've done the tailgate tour thing myself in the past, and uh, if you haven't done it before, it's kind of a cool thing to see these players in the off season. And you know, there's a lot of football talk, and they sign autographs and all sorts of things. I, I suggest if you're within the area, go check one out uh, if you're interested in doing so. But that brings the show to an end today. Thank you everybody so much for joining us. Thank you to Joe Marino of FanRag Sports for being our guest on the show. Like I said, we'll be back on Wednesday with shows every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. Uh, Be glad you're not me, folks. I'm going right from doing the show, going to take a shower, and then I'm going to get a root canal 
So hopefully I'm in the mood by Wednesday to do the next show. I'm going right from here to do that. I'm not exactly looking forward to it. So be glad you're not me. Uh, Keep me in your thoughts. Uh, We'll see you, folks. Uh, Have a good Monday. Enjoy baseball's opening day if you're a Brewers fan uh, or the uh, basketball national championship tonight. Lots of good sports going on. We'll see you on Wednesday, folks. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Kiribu. I leave you today with a song called Freaker by The Speaker by Keller Williams on Psy Fidelity Records. See everyone. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.